0: you right now. Of course you, you can't tell me but I'll tell you where I am. I'm at Roskilde Festival in the international press area, sitting below two large umbrellas and it's it's raining a bit. Um, and you're listening to the Lake Daily, a live broadcast from Roskilde Festival 2023, and I can't tell you how super excited I am about today's broadcast. This is the second broadcast And if you haven't listened to the one that we did yesterday, it's possible via The Lake Radio's podcast feed, or you can find it on SoundCloud. And I forgot to mention who I am. I'm your host today. My name is Jan Högsträger, together with... Torbjörn Thalmann Andersen. Yes, that's right. And behind the scenes are a large number of Lakers that prepares, produces and communicates this live broadcast. So high fives for the entire team, especially our technician Rasmus that I'm looking at right now. I was a bit nervous that his computer is going to break down doing this uh, broadcast because <laughs> unfortunately a lot of water ran into him com- his computer just two minutes ago.
1: We, our station is called The Lake and we got water two minutes before
0: broadcasting. <laughs> we c- hope that, it, um, yeah, that we can carry through this, this broadcast because there's a jam-packed program this next hour, exciting content pointing both backwards and forwards in Roskilde Festival's programme. And we have three guests lined up doing this broadcast. Um, guests from the community organisation, Another Life, first up, and then afterwards Danish visual artist Lise Heller-Bargesen, that made an immersive installation that has transformed the Gloria stage into a colourful and meditative universe. And then finally, we have Toria El rabi from the podcast, The Mental Cuties Club, who will talk about mental health at festivals. But before then, we're going to reminisce a bit on yesterday's concert, dwell a bit on what has happened. And uh, and we experienced quite a few concerts together. Do you have any highlights?
1: Yeah, we, uh, you know, we jumped into the festival. We uh, saw big and small. We went around the stages. we started with a Danish um, performance, cello and choreography dance. It was Jules Fischer and Josephine Opsal, which was uh, really a uh, little bit aggressive, but also really exciting performance. It was on platform. We yeah. s- should I just go through? Yeah, go through. We picked a few highlights. We're not going to read up the whole program. Don't worry. We had Viano Antinio, so I'm a Latinx rapper. Puerto
0: Rican rapper, that was quite exciting. High energy.
1: High energy, <laughs> great <laughs> dancers. Yeah.
0: And then we had a uh, really highlight for, my, for me, uh, at least. Cunetic, I think it's pronounced. Japanese uh, trio. Like psychedelic meets Japanese tribal music in some ways. And we had a li- we have a track lined up from Spotify. I don't know if it's possible to play. The computer is still working. Whoa, <laughs> that's exciting. The track is called Titian. And uh, it's from the album Gate of Cluna that came out two thousand and twenty-one. Let's uh let's put it on. Still some oh. m-
2: The
3: Lake uh, FM station, I like it. I say hello to you, everybody. God bless him. I like your, your everything. That was, I bless him. Thank you. I'm a Rasta man, Rasta Thank you, everybody.
1: Yeah, and here we just heard the uh, Kunatic before our station ID, and that was a great performance on platform. Where I just want to describe the stage a little bit. It's an open stage in Roskilde where people can walk by and just sort of drop in. And it was just fusing with that kind of folk psych and people sitting around all around the the band in all directions our last last shout out is for danish um for danish debbie sings which gave a really powerful uh clubby performance high energetic performance high energy hyper pop Uh, yes hyper pop blowing it all apart with great visuals great energy guests recommended and Jan, you have our first guest in the studio.
0: Yeah. Next up, let me introduce uh, Leah uh, Hedegård. Hedegård. I'm sorry. From uh, Another Life. Welcome to our studio. Thank you. Can you? I mean, can you quickly explain, just in brief, what is uh, Another Life? Okay. It's a community and an organization.
4: Yes, we are a, a member-based nonprofit organization, um, and we work towards creating better representation um, and better working conditions for women and minoritized people in the music and cultural industry.
0: Yeah, how, how do you normally work?
4: I think um, the sort of ground pillar of our work is uh, the two reports that we have published, um, because before that there weren't really any data on how it's actually uh, looking with representation and discrimination in the industry. <laughs> So it was important for us to create that data um, to have, a, yeah, a starting point for the conversation and how we change things in the industry. And then we use that work to um, to make talks and workshop and work with organisations to help them um, better themselves.
0: So you would say those reports have actually helped you quite a bit.
4: Yes, I think so. It it when we published the first one it was as if we needed to convince people there was an issue in the industry and with the second one the conversation was way different because it it was this uh, okay now we we all agree that there's an issue so let's start working towards solving that issue um so yeah i think it's really at least pushed the conversation and now we are at a place where we need to see some action <laughs> um yeah
0: so what are you doing here at the festival <laughs> you you were moderating a, a talk on on Sunday yeah and then uh, you what are you doing the rest of the festival
4: yeah so I think uh, we we do interviews we interview artists um, both from the arts and activist program and from the music program and then we have after the festival we have interviews with production and we also have with guests and this is to last at last year's festival we did some data collection collection on um, how the audience experienced the festival, and we wanna i think the good thing about data is that it becomes very like it's a very heavy argument, but it's also hard to relate to for many people so this of using the interviews to to create the the more like um personal narrative of how it's also experienced to be at a place at, like Roskilde Festival, to be here as a musician or an artist, um, and which kind of uh, both good and, and maybe also challenging experience uh, there are both at this festival and in the industry in general.
0: Yeah. But you've chosen also, also to talk to the artist and the production team, so like a... Yeah,
4: yeah a full circle, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Also the volunteers?
4: I mean, a lot of the production is volunteer-based. So in that sense, yes, also volunteers. Um, Yeah, and which, I mean, we are going to do those after the festival because, of course, the production is very busy these days.
0: Can you tell us anything about your experience doing these interviews this year?
4: Um, Yes. uh, Like, I think... In general, there is a feeling that Roskilde Festival is actually working towards creating a more diverse program. Um, they are, and that's also reflecting in the artists being invited here. Um, also with the Arts and Activists Program, is that, that's being prioritized more and more and put on the big stages. I'm, I'm really curious about how it will go with some of the panels at the big stages uh, later this week because it's also a big big room to fill um, in a festival setting. Um, but I think it is a general feeling of of, yeah, being a bit more invited, but still also a lot of things happening, and a lot of the minoritized and women that we have talked to doesn't feel so safe walking around a lot of places. So I think it's also this of then, you know, maybe you don't go too much to the campsite, because that's not a really... <laughs> nice place yeah. uh, to be S- at least stuff happens <laughs> out there um, yeah so it's a p- it's a feeling of things are being pushed in the right direction but we also have a long way to go
0: so you sense not just at this festival but in general in the music industry do you thi- do you have a sense that things are changing a bit things are going in the right direction or it's just yeah I too slow a maybe
4: <laughs> yeah, too slow I would say and and I think it's really good that the big players in the industry are sort of taking this conversation seriously also with the uh, new partnership between Koda and Dansk Live and uh, big players but I still have a feeling that we are at the conversation side and we are not really at the action side of it yet we still need
0: actions to back up the words Torbjørn you wanted to jump into the conversation
1: yeah I'm just really curious about this part how it's going to be in the festival Do you n- have you got any experiences from the festival yet because the the art and community is such a it's a much bigger part of the festival program and, and I think it's a really good an interesting step I'm curious if you've got any experiences already you can share what, what from the program with the
4: that I've seen or yeah. what yeah. Uh from the Arts and Activism program. So yeah. <laughs> like um I had some personal things in the days, uh, the weekdays uh, before the music day started. But last night I saw the Jules Fisher and uh I forgot the Josefine show. Yeah. yeah. Um that performance and I think it was uh I think that was also the platform stage you just uh, mentioned and it's a really, for me it was a really good way to sort of enter into the festival starting out with this way more grounded in a way experience uh, where you are together in a different way because I think for me personally it's sometimes a lot to be in this concert uh, high energy mode all of the time so for me it's really good to have these spaces of a different kind of contemplation and, and being together in a different way um, and I am looking forward to the conversation with uh, the three Iranian artists on and ac- activists on Friday. It doesn't really have a name but it's uh, Babak Vakili and Melody Gasal and one more
0: that I forgot. Do you remember where that is? No. No. It doesn't matter. You can find it in the program. <laughs> Of course. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. Do you have any other recommendation for the festival's program? It could also be some of the music program if you wanted to.
4: Yeah, I think. Um, I think in general, my recommendation when being at a festival is that it's a great opportunity to experience artists you don't know, to expand your horizon because we also tend to listen to the same music a lot, and I I really like this possibility at the festival of sorting sort of dropping into something that you've maybe just read about and it sounded interesting um, so that's a, a more like general recommendation and then otherwise I think uh, I would recommend people to go to Miki Planko do that if you weren't there at Loppen in, in the winter then uh, it's going to be a party
0: that's a recommendation passed forward then <laughs> i was also wondering uh, how do you support uh, the work that uh, another life does i mean can people support by joining the community or
4: yes i think um, of course it depends a bit on whether you are a private person or come from a, an organization within the industry but we is we are a membership based organization so you can become a member of another life um, and we have different memberships which are also like depending on whether you're a private person or um, yeah an organization so you can financially support also
5: yes you
4: you do that by like uh, paying the membership but you can also make a donation if you have a lot of money that you don't know how to spend
0: (laughs) all right Leah. it is a tight schedule for (laughs) for this live (laughs) broadcast i want to say Thank you so much for passing by our studio. Yeah, thank and you for inviting check out, us. Yeah, check out another life's work uh, if you haven't come across it before. Um, yeah. Next up, is also a throwback to yesterday's program. Actually, what we were talking about, uh, Leah, uh, Jules Fischer, the choreographer and artist, and cellist and composer Josefina Opsal, They did a performance on the platform stage, and we actually have an interview with them lined up. Am I right? So, we're going to play that, and there's going to be some examples of the, the sound as well, the, the composition. But uh, yeah, thank you so much, Leah.
4: Thank you.
5: My name is Jules Fischer, and I'm a visual artist and choreographer. My name is Josefine Upsal, and I'm a composer and cellist.
6: and I are working together for the first time and the, we have been studying it in our own practices uh, I can say for myself my research right now is very much about masculinity and also like uh, the ambivalence of desire I would say so what you can see in this like performance is this uh, a lot of rejection a lot of like coolness, a lot of hardness but also a searching for um, collectivity for vulnerability for intimacy, um, and I think that's where, like, I find uh, art really interesting. Is where we can like expand these spaces and uh, maybe deal with the fact that we think something is really desirable and really disgusting at the same time, which is maybe what uh, very much sums up my relationship with
5: masculinity. I can maybe say a bit about my practice that has um, for the last the past time uh, been very much focusing on the balance of the real body or like acoustic sound worlds and then more electrified sound worlds, digitized like ways of constructing your identity and how these borders limits are kind of breaking and bending and maybe melding more and more together nowadays. um, The foundation for this piece was uh, made when uh, I got a commission to compose a piece for Roskilde Festival and then uh, the festival was cancelled for two years in a row and that was actually the same for Jules. was also commissioned to to show a piece here and uh, so during uh, COVID and lockdown we obviously worked on some of the core elements for this and it just became so so obvious to me also with the like um, who are we really and how do we construct our identity? How do we do we view ourselves in this world where we only see each other as small faces on screens more and more? And uh, I've been brought up in classical music and I know and I love this like the discipline and the training your body to to gain strength and to be able to to perform whenever. And I think there's a beauty to remembering these like traditions and remembering your body and um, like the beauty of, of craftsmanship somehow creating something and especially like not just doing it solo but doing it collectively there is an immense beauty to that and I think we need to reconnect in these communities.
6: I work from a collage method so a lot of it is found movement Um, meaning that I troll the internet for stuff that I like uh, or stuff that feels either like in this piece it feels like maybe ironically masculine or like maybe it's like it's too much but then there's also some of it that is actually sexy or something that is not sexy at all like or I, I wouldn't say <laughs> people decide what they find sexy, but like um, a lot of folk dance or like other sort of s- sorts of styles that I like to mix. It's actually very little coming from dance. Um, so I like these very sort of normal movements or pedestrian movements as we call them, and then I like to densify them or like to choreograph them. We also have a scene that repeats from a football or like from a soccer game just after someone scored so I guess of course this is also part of my like research in masculinity is this like individual uh, winner mentality uh, vibe Uh, yeah so very little from dance a lot from sports and other things So the title is a reference to the, it's a sci-fi series, Westworld. It's also a movie, but the series is way better than the movie. Um, And it's like, the concept is that it's an entertainment park where there's robots looking like people in a Western theme that you can then do whatever you want to and then explore different storylines and stuff. And when these robots encounter something that they don't, Um, recognize as part of their coding, they say it doesn't look like anything to me. So it's their fail-safe response to something that challenges their idea of reality. Um, And I think this sentence always stuck with me as like a queer and like non-binary person of being something that doesn't look like anything to someone. Um, And both finding a lot of freedom maybe in that, but also a lot of erasure and thinking about how sometimes some of the, also the performers we have in the piece and my own presence can make someone question their own reality. And I guess it doesn't look like anything to me would be the least violent response to that, but I still find it quite violent, uh, the idea of being something or recognizable. So I think we worked a lot with that, like also in terms of the ambivalence, like always playing on what is... Yeah, what looks like something to someone, and how do we define that for ourselves? Bataju, zolege
4: biyeku nchuka mikan viyeze.
2: Yaba mawa, yaba the
4: lake, yaba the lake. Sanga we waloto waloloma totera na the lake station.
1: So we're back in the studio. We've got our guest here. It's uh, Lisa Hallerbackson, and uh, Lisa is a visual artist. She's made a, a contribution to the Gloria spa- space in the entrance to Gloria stage. It's called a space where your where your voices can dive. And um, Lisa, should I? You asked me if I wanted to introduce the space.
7: Yeah, I asked you if you could give, from a visitor's perspective, like what is your experience of the space.
1: Right. So straight back to me. I arrived late-ish last night. We went in and uh, had a look around the space. We had there's some really glorious fabric pieces that you've made, and they're quite stunning. They're hanging in the ceiling. It's very circular. There's circular motifs on the walls and the ceiling and there's some sort of soft furniture which was more or less occupied by the time <laughs> I was there. Uh, so I didn't squeeze in next to somebody else. Um, but I enjoyed like your, your fabric pieces, they look very silky, they're very shimmering. They have um, motifs of a slightly cosmic but also something else. And I, I enjoyed some time walking around the space and looking at different angles, taking, taking it in.
7: It's really just a big cosmic pillow for it, you could say. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the motifs that you were talking about in the textile pieces are like resourced uh, fabrics, some of them from my own childhood. like. You know, horsey, like uh, <laughs> bed sheets from my teenage room um, that I tie dyed and then, you know, like uh, quilted. Uh, so it's a giant quilt in the ceiling, um, basically, and some banners, flags. Um. So we're trying to create this very chill space that's also a care space for people in the festival, um, a kind of very Comforting, embracing, and very, hopefully, very inclusive and generous space for people to hang out.
1: Yeah, because the the care, taking care and care space was uh, also one of the, your themes. Um, we are going to talk a little bit about your inspirations and your ideas behind it. Behind the visual elements, you you researched and you got some local input as well
7: absolutely um so the title uh, a space where your voices can live um, was actually inspired by this anecdote that my mom told me also when i was in my tweens uh, my mom has worked in psychiatric care for years and years and years as an occupational therapist um, which also meant that as i was growing up i was sort of like coming in and out of those spaces as a visitor but also it fit didn't feel as dangerous I guess as some people experiencing it. Um, she worked in like some kind of like um, like a therapy in Vivo called Ponomsco that was very uh, user-driven uh, rehabilitation. but she told me this story, this anecdote about um, a space or a house that she visited once where uh, a woman uh, paranoid schizophrenic from like uh, early 20th century had built uh, a space for her voices to live in so that they could live together in harmony Um, and that uh, so that they would leave her alone and stop bugging her Um, and that story kind of like stayed with me you know like as I was like it became almost sort of like a mythical uh, fairy tale to me and very inspirational also thinking about the studio as the space where voices can live um, but then when at the invitation of Melbourne Kunstmuseum I started working on this piece uh, together with Anna Mason, my curator we started doing some research we visited St. Hans Hospital here in Roskilde and lo and behold the house is actually there Mm. You know, like this, it's called Villa Deste, and it was, um, it was uh, built by the family of Pelemona von Treschau. She was a very wealthy, of a very wealthy family, and they haggled with the hospital to build this mansion for her, where she could live with her voices, and where um, she could also have her staff and have um, big dinners with the doctors while the voices would hang out upstairs <laughs> in that pocket.
1: Well, I think there's, so a, there's a beautiful <coughs> analogy in a way when you have a Roskilde as a place for music and sounds and voices and, exactly. and you have a parallel.
7: Exactly, and also what is what I love about this story is the kind of like, you know, the destigmatization in a way because in some ways it's so relatable, you know, like, and it's a very kind of like both like super creative, but also very low practical, you know, answer to or like um, to, uh, to some, you know, like some very pressuring, you know, um, mental health problems, you know. So I thought there was some beauty in that and that has inspired the entire piece.
1: And that's hopefully something that will be passed on to the viewers. Have you got any experience yet? of how, how, how was it to open up and see people start just engaging in their sort of little bit free-flowing It's been super
7: well-received. Like, mm. actually, people were doing exactly what we were hoping they would do, just, you know, like, settle in and chill out, you mm. know. I mean, we were, of course, a little bit nervous about hanging, uh, you know, textile pieces up, but so far, um, I hope it, like... Exudes some gentleness that people will get back to it.
1: And um, we have uh, on Friday, mm-hmm. there's a performance in the in the space. It's in Gloria States It's at 11.45 on Friday. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the performance. What's, what's going to happen?
7: So uh, in our performance tomorrow, we will have... Um, a score by performed live by Naima Carlson and Adriana Camacho. Uh, Naima is based in London and Adriana is from Mexico City. So, if you know like freestyle improvisational jazz is your jam, this is really, really world class. Um, and then we have five local dancers joining us and um, the idea is actually like when we performed it in Malmö we performed it in a very kind of like in a very massive like old cannon tower a very kind of like solid <laughs> construction that we you know cozied up and made it into our own kind of like pillow fort but the idea is that they are actually sort of like the embodiment of these voices that you know inhabit the space so in a way that the audience are also their guests
1: that's making a lot of sense to me.
7: <laughs> 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 It'll all be revealed.
0: <laughs> Can I ask something? It's jumping back. Mm-hmm. words in the in the like, chronology? But uh, the the artist Caroline Eversen. Evans. Yeah. <laughs> how did you come across her? Is her work exhibited anywhere? And how do you, how do you? Yeah.
7: Again, through my mom, yeah. because um, there was a book about Carolina Eberson's work. So, to those of you you out there who don't know who Carolina Eberson is, is maybe the most underrated Danish artist. Um, I feel like she should be up there with Overtasy. And Carl Fredrikil, she's a contemporary of Carl Fredrikil. She had, um, she was also like long-time uh, patient at St. Hans Hospital, and her pictorial universe is stunning. It's very touching. It's very naive and tender and childlike, but also very deep and cosmic. It's both very accessible and completely out there like ahead of her time which was early 20th century Um, so she's one of those i guess artists artists that people don't really know but if you want to see it there's actually still i think there's a patient museum in roskilde um, on the old hospital grounds um, which anna and i also visited to do research um And I hope it's still open but there was some talk about whether it had to be moved somewhere else or um, whether it had to be moved to medical messiah or something, but I don't know, in my humble opinion this is a piece of Danish like culture um, inheritance that, you know, like that we really need to, you know take care of um, because it's not only about diagnostics of course, but the people who have Collected her, been you know mostly doctors. Yeah. Oh yeah, and my mom had the book when I was yeah. little.
0: <laughs> I think oh, the in St. Hans, the entire institution is now also uh, like they've opened it up. I know that the Museum of Contemporary Art is moving out there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe yeah, there are like stuff happening that could open up for like permanent exhibitions there, or even like a museum in her her name. I don't know.
7: That is definitely the hope. Um, I think it's, I think she's long overdue and I hope that there will be, you know, like maybe in, you know, in conversation with contemporary artists or like, I still feel like her work has such a universal appeal that, you know, like it's a hundred years old, as a lot of it is about Christmas for some reason, she was like really Christmas fanatic, but, um, but it has that, um, yeah, cosmic connection. I feel
1: I think uh, we are really looking forward to seeing your your performance mm-hmm. with um, Naima and Adriana and uh, that's again, I'm just gonna plug it again, it's <laughs> uh, Friday 11.45 in Gloria and um, we'll be there um, Lisa, thank you so much, you really told us something really exciting about your piece but also about Roskin and about this mental health and art and
7: Thank you so much, it was a pleasure, um, and I hope we can maybe give you a little taste of the soundtrack.
1: We are going to, now we're going to dwell into the performance you staged in Malmo with the, with the Kunstmuseum there, mm-hmm. the Art Museum, and it's uh, recorded as you described it in this very rustic kind of uh, brick tower, it looks like something from a fortress, and um, this is a version of the same performance we're going to hear tomorrow, Yes, and the score is by Naima Carlson and and, uh, Jana uh, Camacho. Yeah, and um, we're going to listen to it now. And uh, thank you so much for visiting us.
7: All right, thanks for having me.
1: leaving a space where your voices can live and we're going to have going to have a track here and it's by Melody Gassan. it's called motivational quote and here it comes yeah.
2: to come To give up giving fucks, -ah. we'll find a home for this heart. 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 We'll find a home for this. this.
0: That was Melody Gasal motivational quote, a single that came out last year. She also has a new album album out called Melody of this year. And she's performing today, half past four, on Gloria with a glorious band. I actually saw them on Thursday last week performing at the, that was her BA final concert at the Rhythmic Music Conservatory, was a killer concert. I really recommend all of you coming to this concert. And now I hand over the microphone to Torbjörn. Yes, we've
1: got our uh, new guest here. We're going to continue. Uh, today's theme is around um, neurodiversity and mental health in, in, um, in the festival. And of course in general as well. And I'm happy to welcome Torea al-Rabi. And uh, welcome. Thank you. You are from... Uh, you are organization can i call it an organization the community the community Mm -hmm. the community is called the mental cuties club and you've got a podcast called the mental cuties club club (laughs) (laughs) thank you do you want to introduce briefly what you what you guys are doing
8: um my name is as you said i'm an artist and uh, i like to call it the founder of the mental cuties club um the podcast is about mental health but also uh, representation diversity Uh, people get the chance to tell their stories uh, which is very important to me and in general just to have some focus on that mental health is a spectrum and not a individual um, yeah taboo or yeah you know
1: it's something that it seems like also is reflected a little bit in the festival this year. Yeah,
8: we are here actually with uh, Rep Politics. Uh, we've been here for th- yeah three days now doing a vox pop, where I yeah talk with people about how they uh, uh, how they prepare themselves mentally before they go on a festival. Uh, how do you feel from a scale for one to ten mentally? So like I try to encourage people to check in on each other uh, in a simple and nice way. (laughs) Uh, And also we had like, I was asking a question about what is the hardest thing for you on a festival? So we kind of like these three questions was something that was our main focus. Uh, But we also invited some artists uh, to be a part of some interviews about, yeah, we had like a rapper, Feluca, who talked about using her diagnosis bipolar in her music, in her, when she like, writes her lyrics and how it comes across as a therapeutic method for her. She's so dope and uh, her album is like so bipolar and I love it. <laughs> in a good way.
1: Great. And uh, you gave us, you said also one of the things we should maybe talk about today is festivals and boundaries?
8: Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we all know it's a very um, serious topic when we are here at Ruskila. Uh, Like rapes, um, just racism, um, all these uh, horrible things that just are happening here when it comes to not understanding what boundaries is, not understanding how we communicate it, out not to understand how we take care of each other Um, and it always sounds so simple when we say these things and that's why I'm trying to encourage people to actually have these conversations with their friends either now we're here so they have to talk about it here of course but how they can you know instead of have to explain like this person just called me a whore just for example Um, instead of that they have to explain this like explain the situation to their friends they have some kind of safe words or right now it's a four and then you can like leave like you know okay like just leave the situation go back to the camp go to the rest toilet i don't know like just walk away from the situation and then have a conversation about it because when you are in it a lot of us don't know how to what to say or how to react um So I'm like, boundaries, again, Like it's also so individual and some react very, uh, like can have like this very um, aggressive uh, reaction, not in a bad way, but like in a way where people might take it as, you know, you chill or is it that serious? Where when you are vulnerable and if you react in a more vulnerable way, there's actually a lot of people who would like, be right next to you and trying to help you with it but we have to understand that reactions is so different and we have to be willing and open to be around that and also to support it um yeah i can talk about this for hours so it's like <laughs>
1: i think mm. i love the, that it's very concrete that you're also talking about something very concrete and tips and mm. what you should do with your friends mm. and your community of course, a festival like this, apart from, we tend to focus a lot on the music and mm. all the big names coming, it's very exciting. Yeah. But there's another side, which is this whole big social scene where mm. you put like, loads of people together from everywhere. Mm-hmm. People travel in, people come locally and uh, from many, many places and many, many cultures. It's a very small space, very intensive space, 24-7 for yeah. a number of days. It's, there's a social side to it that's really immense.
8: Um, yeah and I, I, I call it like the paradise of extroverts um, because it's like they all like be like, oh my god this is so fucking amazing and I can party for like 8 days I don't need sleep I'm like you're lying but never mind uh, so when it comes to us mental cuties we need to we need to take care of us first of all reach out if it's one person just have one person that you can talk to um Airplugs, like airplugs, um, uh, noise cancelling headphones, um, uh, sunglasses, uh, a little snack in the back. Like there is different things that you can do to like <laughs> not survive because I think it's a shame if you don't experience the, the, the music because I feel like a lot of us, I call us meta mental cuties. We are extremely creative and we also adapt to energy in a, in another frequency. I think so. So music is, is therapy. So I think if you can manage to like maybe just one concert per day, I sound like a coach right now, mm-hmm. never mind. Um, <laughs> But there um, has to be space for everyone, that's what I'm trying to say.
1: For sure, the mm. p- the bonding around the music mm. in here is incredible. It's as worth as much as anything else. Mm. Um, is there anywhere you would can recommend people to go and then festival if it's like a bit too much? Or
8: I mean, there is a lake, mm. not right at Roskilde Festival, but a little bit. I don't remember where exactly, but you can look at Google Maps and find it beautiful. Very quiet place. Just go there, maybe by yourself or with a friend, whatever. It's a really nice place and it I know it sounds like you can't go anywhere at the festival. Of course there is like chilled zone, quote unquote. Um but when if you need like completely peace, I will recommend that lake. It's like it's beautiful, it's nice and there is space. <laughs>
0: Yeah, okay, then I'll jump into the conversation. Mm -hmm. You also said you wanted to talk a little bit about alcohol culture. Mm -hmm. And this whole thing about coming to the festival, for many people, for many of the guests, it's like, we have to go to extremes. You said, like, party for eight days straight. (laughs) And that's part of the narrative. But maybe that narrative can also be rewritten a little bit so that you don't have to engage in, like, drinking and doing drugs and uh, staying awake all night. And, yeah, so I'm just curious if, for me at least myself, I try, try to change that narrative because I can't jump that train anymore.
8: I have a question then, yeah. how do you try to change it for yourself?
0: So, for example yesterday, instead of going to a concert at 2 o'clock at night, me and Torbjörn, we took a glass of wine in a quiet zone <laughs> and then we went home to the Adulthood. tent. Adulthood. Yeah, that, maybe that's because <laughs> I'm 40 years old. I don't know if that's a solution if you're 22. <laughs> but I mean, just to change the narrative yeah, a bit, it. you don't yeah. have to drink no. that much. I think at all.
8: what I experienced when we did the vox-, vox Pop was that I actually also asked the question, could you imagine yourself being sober on a festival? And there was a lot of no, like no, I can't. But there was also this part of, there was two I met and they sh- said like, I get mad anxiety when I'm hungover. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just trying to, f- you know, do what everybody else is doing, but I don't really like it. And I was just like, you know what? You can have fun without alcohol. I think that is something you need to experience yourself. Like you need to have like, if it's like 20 minutes at a concert, not having alcohol in your blood and just having an amazing time. I think it's really hard to change this because we are in Denmark, this is a fucking culture. Like it's not just a thing. Um, And I'm also trying to encourage people. I don't drink alcohol. And I'm just like, hey, I'm having fun. Like, I'm not really having fun, but <laughs> a kind of social anxiety over here. But, okay. yeah, trying to talk about it and just be like, you know what? It's It doesn't have to be f- the whole festival. Uh, but it is a, a huge issue. I, Especially when it comes to anxiety. And mm-hmm. imagine how many, is it like 1,000 100 Mm. people like how many is on
1: Roskilde festival yeah 100,000 people is visiting Roskilde maybe Uh, even more
8: and then have mad anxiety Uh, I mean Mm. that would that's absolutely horrible Mm. so I hope that people can have some kind of like just a good experience not being drunk and then might be like okay I can have one day where I don't drink because I I literally don't, don't I really don't think how I could (laughs) change that or you know what not just me but just like this is a a thing that we need to have more focus on non-alcoholic drinks that taste amazing that could be a thing
1: I think you're so right in what you're saying and I think that sort of especially the beer culture in Denmark is nationally very big and in the festival it's a big part of the narrative and I think it's really really important that we also think okay we'll have one drink then we drink two glasses of water before the next one
8: that's a good one
1: just mm. don't overdo it it's not the whole thing you no. know remember all the other things take a long walk in the festival just experience everything it's
8: what is nice though was there was there was a lot of yoga classes like at react uh, where we were and I saw some like just a group of people like working out like crossfit shit like level and there's a lot of healthy food yeah. Yeah. and that's the thing It's like salad, burger, salad, which is nice. Thai food, you know, all these alternatives. So there's more, like, focus on health. And that's important.
0: But maybe we could, uh, like, encourage Roskilde to focus a little bit more on non-alcoholic beverages and, like, try to promote non-alcoholic beer. Definitely maybe because Tupor is also one of the main sponsors right Mm -hmm. And they it's like it's part of it's definitely part of the economy that they sell so many beers but they could change they they made
8: like a non-alcoholic like mango beer and passion fruit beer and it's absolutely delicious like it's really good so that could be a thing and also like Sweden we can just be a little bit
1: um, inspired a little bit Swedish
8: a little bit Swedish not to have sustainable market, men yeah
1: Yes, why not? I mean, (laughs) Raskul is also a bit big on the Scandinavian countries. We are a little bit the Scandinavian brotherhood, sisterhood Mm. here. So let's uh, bring in a little bit of the Swedish mentality and see if we can implant that in the Danish brain.
8: That would be amazing.
1: And mentalities from all over the world, of course. Exactly. Should we say thank you to to Rhea so much for participating in that podcast?
8: Thank you for having me. And thank you for. We are actually recording our podcast in your guys' studio. Thank you so much. Of course, you're welcome.
0: And a shout out to Mental Cuties Club. You can find it on every podcast platform. Mm -hmm. Please check it out.
8: And follow us on Instagram.
0: (laughs) Maybe we should do a station ID or something like that.
6: Ankur Malhotra, here uh, with the Barmer Boys, and uh, out here I'm helping uh, translate the interview at the lake with the Barmer
0: Boys.
9: We are Barmer Barmer Boys, Boys, the lake! Lake.
0: Alright, we're back and we're trying to wrap up this live broadcast, the lake daily from Roskilde Festival. If you've just tuned in right now, you have missed out on an hour live broadcast from Roskilde Festival, but we're back tomorrow 1.00. Were at one o'clock central European time on the lake radio but all of these live broadcasts are subsequently put on um, the podcast platform so you can find it wherever you find your pla- uh, your podcasts what's up next we have well yeah. we are getting to the recommendation
1: section yeah what are we going to see what are we going to hear what are we going to experience S- our specially curated sort of tip. Top um, shortlist from the lake, things we love, things we're looking forward to. Of course, the real experience is going to be something else, but you know, we'll start with something. And we've brought in Ingrid, Ingrid from the lake, is going to talk a little bit about Karpe.
3: Uh, yeah, ja, Karpe. Also, I can, I feel to like see it on Norsk, but...
0: Uh, yeah, you can say it in Norwegian. <laughs>
3: Norwegian? No, of course I can't. Uh, we just did an interview with Karpe, and I'm very, like, I'm still a bit nervous and proud because they are such an amazing act uh, and they're playing tonight at uh, Avalon at uh, 2.30 I think and I think it's gonna be amazing such a great uh, party and show and and they have like this great energy which I think will be I, I hope like the whole festival will notice it. Um, so I so it's like a really really warm recommendation for everyone to go to see Karpe.
0: What kind of music is it?
3: Uh, it's rap actually, but uh, it's also fusion in some ways. That they started out in 2006 with "Kreolafamtilap." Uh, uh, it was sort of uh, very like pop. Uh, I don't know if I can say boyish, but very like. Uh, pop music and then uh, the, the last uh, sort of uh, release which is called Oma Sharif is, is uh, as they said like their most personal record where they, they mix languages uh, with Hindu and Farsi and English and Norwegian uh, and playing on sort of an alter ego which they've called Omar Sharif um, yeah and they played this show in Oslo for the biggest arena and they sold out 10 times so to see them at Avalon will be very special, I think.
0: And I'll I'll have to correct you. It's at 8 o'clock tonight thank you, thank on Avalon. And we'll be there. We'll be there. Okay. And on that note, thanks so much,
1: Ingrid. Um, straight from Norway. We are going to get um, to recommend a few things. And I'm going to recommend Snor Elbin. This is from our community of Lakers who, who pitch in with interesting and maybe n- not I don't want to say niche, but once the
0: word is in your head, it's hard not to say it. Really. Yeah, Snorer is doing a performance. He's a dancer, and it's yeah he's part of a, a collective called Dancer Atelier. And yeah, I don't know what to expect, but normally what comes out of Dancer Atelier is super exciting. And that's taking place at Platform at six o'clock this evening, early evening.
1: Then we have Melody Casal that we spoke about earlier. It's a Gloria at four thirty.
0: You will definitely meet some Lakers there, I I think.
1: And then finally we have Linalte from Korea. A really fun mix-up band. Kind of pop. Korean folk. uh, I think folk stories as well. Yeah, they have four lead singers. It's going to be interesting. That's
0: happening at Gaia at 8.45 tonight. And I think that wraps up more or less this uh, live broadcast from today. Remember that you can tune in every day at one o'clock. Otherwise, you can find these live broadcasts on your podcast platform afterwards called Lake Daily. The Lake Daily. And you can also find a uh, Spotify playlist that we've made with recommendations for this year's program. It's called Roskilde Festival 23. Find it on uh, Spotify. Yeah. And we will put a link to the playlist
1: in our show notes. Are we going to end with a track? We are going to end with a track, and that will be Linalchi. And uh, as we are, as we are the lake, we've of course chosen a, the track called "A Fish Map."
0: It's from the album Sugunga from uh, two thousand and twenty. And thank you so much for listening. Tune in tomorrow, or tune into the Lake Radio whenever,
1: and have a happy festival.